0: Good evening,
1: ladies Everybody and gentlemen. Fall. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio R. We hope all of your New Year's resolutions are still intact. Most of mine are. This is your host, Paul Metz, So we've got two great guests on tonight. A couple of musicians and singer songwriters. First up is an old buddy of mine, Doug Collins. He's going to be playing. At the Turf Club on Friday, January 21st at 7 p.m., along with St. Dominic's Trio and my good buddy, now located in northern Minnesota, Mr. Rich Madsen. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend Doug. Southernman.com said he's one of the most brilliant songwriters to emerge from the Twin Cities in nearly two decades. He got a great Quote from a music uh, journal in Spain it said, Lurks of Hank Williams, the addiction of the melodies of the Beatles, the authenticity of the sound of Doug's song. Wow, that is a golden quote. And also, they say, Collins chooses to write songs that are immediately direct and appealing. That was from Babysue.com. We have on the line here tonight, Mr. Doug Collins. Doug, how are you doing, my friend? Good, Paul. How are you doing? Good man, a a live gig. I know, huh? What about that these times, huh? What a concept. (laughs) Have you have you been playing out at all anywhere? Well, I you know I
2: think think like all of us, you know, when things the pandemic started, you know, did nothing for like a year, and then or waited until it got nice out and was doing all these outdoor gigs, and then. Things shut down again when it got cold, and then we all got vaccinated, and there was that little window where everything was hunky-dory, and so did some playing out, and then until this end of last summer, that you know, just a couple months ago, like four or five months ago, then it was just like, and a lot of people were, uh, musician friends and I were talking about this, just like, we had no idea what to do, do you keep booking? Do not book, you know, because we had no idea what the future is going to look like. And, I mean, we all thought that January, we wouldn't think that, you know, Omicron would be, you know, just kind of going through us like a hot knife through butter right now. But here we are. Right.
1: It's amazing. And uh, (laughs) for for all those anti-vaxxers out there, get it together, for God's sake, so the rest of us don't have to deal with your stupidity.
2: Right, right. Please do. Doug, Please get vaccinated.
1: Doug Collins and the receptions. Are you doing solo, or are you gonna have the uh, you gonna have the receptions receptionist oh, with
2: you? Yeah, it's gonna be a full band show. We're trying to. Um, we're getting ready to. We're gonna have a single that we're gonna be releasing sometime in the next month. So we want to get some stage time to kind of um, tighten up, as you will, because we haven't even you yeah. know. With, the, with these times, again, it just doesn't seem like we've been playing that much. So it'll it's, uh, it'll be good to have everyone together. It just also kind of helps, I think, everyone's mental state of mind yeah, playing with the band. No I mean, I, you know, you, you've done both. You know what it's like. Where sometimes solo shows are great, but sometimes you just want to turn around and look at and know you got you got your friends up there with you.
1: Well, and, it, and just the hang is nice, too.
2: You oh, know? yeah. Isn't that the truth, though?
1: Who who are the receptionists? Tell us who's in your band, Doug. Well, I have uh, Charlie
2: Barley is a dear old friend of mine from. Um, he's originally from Iowa, like I am, and he plays bass and does vocals. And then I have that's
1: cr- um, Doug. Doug, let me jump in. Charlie Barley—that's his real name. Yes, it is. Isn't that like
2: the? He used to go by Chuck, and then. Um. He changed it, like, some, within the last decade. He was just like, I think his, his dad used to call him Charlie when he was a kid. And um, Charlie Barley, who who doesn't want a name that rhymes like that?
1: Who happens to be from Iowa? Yes. Go Hawks. <laughs> so besides Charlie Barley, who else do you got?
2: Well, we have on drums the wonderful Billy Dankert. Um, and then on steel oh, guitar, great. we have Randy Broughton. So, um, I have two of the gear daddies are playing with me now and it's really just been wonderful playing with those guys. They're such pros and just and talk about a good hang. Those guys, They're just good people.
1: Well, and to the best of me, please give them my best. I haven't seen those guys in years back when, uh, we're all kind of beating around the clubs in Minneapolis in the eighties. Uh, I had the pleasure of doing some shows with the Gear Daddies, and uh, oh, great! Just a just a superb outfit.
2: Yes, agreed. So Very who, much so.
1: So, who are we missing?
2: No, that's it. We just said, we're just a little tiny four piece. Okay, so it's me, on guitar me the- and guitar, um, and I mean, just having Randy as a as a lead instrument, you know, we were playing as a three piece for a long time. And then Randy came aboard about, I don't know, two years ago and um, two plus, and just having someone who's so good at their instrument that they can just, uh, Charlie always says, it's like, he's like a warm blanket. Yeah. He just, he kind of just makes things hang together and puts in stuff that you wouldn't even necessarily, you know, couldn't even imagine. I and mean, it just really kind of ups our game, all of ours, just so much. But yeah, it's just a four piece for right now.
1: It's funny. It reminds me of Paul Desmond, the great, uh, sax player with, uh, Dave Brubeck wrote yeah. his autobiography, mm-hmm. which was called, How Many Guys Are In This Quartet? <laughs> <laughs> four. There's four guys, Paul. There's four. There's four guys Four. how it works.
2: Well, you know, talk about, talk to, uh, Terry Walsh and St. Dominic's Trio is usually a four-piece. So, you know, I guess guess those words don't mean as much.
1: Well, we were uh, hoping to have Terry on today, but he got busy. Uh, But after uh, following a couple segments with Doug Collins on the Wall of Power Radio, we're going to be having a fellow I've never met uh, named Matthew French. who has got a live stream coming up. But back to uh, Doug Collins, I'm looking at your website and I, I told you the last time we had you on, which is probably a little over a year ago, maybe two, mm-hmm. uh, I still love your uh, album cover for Good Sad News. It is so 1965, and Husky or Porter yeah, that is Yeah, Who did that? Who did your uh, graphics on that?
2: John Hunt. And I will tell everyone in the world, I will scream his name from the rooftops. J-O-N Hunt. He is amazing. I had an idea. I told him roughly what I wanted, and I said here, and I sent him a handful of pictures. And he sent it back, and it's just like, oh my god, that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't even know how, you know, when you have like rough ideas, you you never know really what it's going to look like. And then he sent it to me, and I was just blown away. He does such good work, and I can't, rec- wow. I cannot recommend him enough.
1: I just love it. I uh, <clears throat> I use a guy named Mike Goble for all of my stuff and have for years. So once you find a good graphic artist, don't let them go because they are worth no. their weight in gold.
2: They are. He also did, you know, we have, I had him do a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of an insignia you know, with my name, graphics for my name and the band's name, so we can put that on stuff. And he did that and everything he does, like John's stuff is just, it's very smart. he, you know, it's very influenced by the past, but also forward-looking. He's just, um, he's the bee's niece.
1: And you've got a great website uh, for people out there in the listening audience. Go to DougCollinsMusic.com. I love the Turf Club. I've seen have uh-huh. I've, I've only played there once. I, I don't even remember what the uh, uh, event was. But I tell people, I said... If Jack Ruby was still alive and owned a club in the Twin Cities, it would be the Turf Club.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have that just kind of feel to it. I mean, I always say that's my favorite club to play yeah. at. Because, I mean, you know, you know, First Avenue's is great, of course. And all the bigger ones are just great, obviously. But the Turf is just kind of like there aren't as many places left. You know, there was the 400. There was, you know... All these other clubs that were back in, like, the 80s and 90s, and Church Club's one of the last ones standing. It's just... It feels like a bar... Uh, really feels like a bar that's just geared towards music, and it, it's, it has a community there that's just amazing. I The way it's set up and the way they run it is just
1: all top-notch. It reminds me of the Continental Club in Austin, Texas. I don't know if you've ever played there. But I've heard that. Of that, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, Johnny Cash played there in 1954, and it's still going strong. Uh, It's had great house gigs by, I think, uh, uh, James McMurtry until the shutdown was playing their weekly, Junior Brown. Uh, Yeah, just Tony Price. uh, All the best musicians in Austin, Texas, uh, have played the Continental. Let's listen to this new song. Tell us a little bit about the song we're going to listen to, Doug Collins, called Conversations with my heart.
2: Yeah, conversation with my heart. Yeah. This is from the it's from the last record and this was kind of our single when we released it back then. We're working on new stuff right now, but this is um one that we really it's one of those ones you know, it just it kinda came out of nowhere and I can't even really remember how I wrote it or the circumstances, but it's just it's one of those ones where I had an idea of, you know, Getting mad at being attracted to people when I didn't want to be attracted to people, as <laughs> and, uh, and that usually gets one in you know in trouble. Just like why am I doing this? So this is just about like, it, it was pretty straightforward. It's kind of a conversation with my heart about like why you do, why why are you doing me this way.
1: Let's listen to conversations with my heart by my guest Doug Collins. We'll have Doug on for one more set on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. So stay tuned. <laughs> I
0: gotta have a conversation with my heart. Lately it's been doing things that are tearing me apart. It keeps doing things on its own, and I'd rather be left alone. I gotta have a conversation with my heart. I'm walking down the street and someone smiles at me. Wall of Power Radio
1: Hour. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. One of our first shows in 2022. I'm excited to have my guest Doug Collins, and a friend of mine on tonight. Doug, I want to uh, thank you personally. You, over the years, have always uh, offered to what I've done, all my benefits for uh, homeless doggies and humane shelters. You've offered several times and have played at several of them. So I want to thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Oh,
2: well, you're welcome, really. Uh, Paul, the stuff that you do is so great, and to be able to um – to help out in you know whatever way and you know musicians there's one way that we can help out so I'm very happy and honored to do that so thank you
1: you know it's it's one of the things I love about my musician friends and musicians in general they're always I call them first responders if there's a tragedy you might have the cops and then the fire department and then the ambulance but then they call on the musicians to help clean up. To raise some money for whatever the tragedy was, and more, and, and as if most importantly, to lift uh, spirits. Insurance agents don't do that. Lawyers <laughs> don't do that. Occasionally, throw together a, a golf tournament, but uh, it's musicians that uh, help the community move forward. So, thanks to you and and everybody that helps. Not only with my gigs, but uh, every every time somebody else needs some help. So, Doug, when did you start playing professionally?
0: I was.
2: I'm trying to even think. I had done some done some gigs down in Iowa when I was, um, you know, a, a teen, you know, teens, early 20s. So this has got to be in the you know mid 80s. And then really, I had moved moved around the country, ended up moving up here to the Twin Cities and played for a while and then um my then wife got pregnant and uh my son was around. So I felt like I couldn't uh do as much as I could music wise with a with a wee one at home. So I I ended up taking what was gonna be a short break, ended up being about twenty years. So uh <laughs> and then I just came back and started doing it again. It's it's <laughs> And it was so—it's so weird because I mean, you know, it is the whole, it's the whole bicycle thing. You know, you think about it, you know, and then all of a sudden you start doing is just like, you know, I should have been doing this the whole time, and it didn't. You know, you get distracted by life sometimes, and not in a good way.
1: Now, we're, uh, two questions, Doug Collins: Where are you from in Iowa, and what, uh, why the Twin Cities, uh, and why did um, you end up here?
2: Okay, um I'm from outside of Davenport, Iowa, a little town called Eldridge, which is about 10 miles north of Davenport, one of the Quad Cities.
1: And and, 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 Bix, um, and Bix and and, if and me in. Thank you very much. Bix Bix hometown. Oh,
2: yes, he is um one of the th- they have a big the Bix um they have a big race every year. They used to always have a big I don't know if they used to call it Bix Lives and they would have you know, traditional jad, trad jazz bands played down there for, like, a whole weekend. And he's, uh, yeah, he's Spider spiderweck. He's amazing. Um, and so, anyway, <laughs> um, I ended up, I was living on the East Coast, and me and, um, I was married at the time, and we were, my ex and I were, like, trying to come back here. And to the Midwest, we didn't know where. We are from Iowa, but we didn't want to move back to Iowa. And it was either Chicago or Minneapolis. And I, um, I said, well, we can't move to Chicago. We have to move to Minneapolis because that's where the replacements are from. Oh, so I moved to Minneapolis because you know, of my love of the replacements. That's and 30-odd years later, I'm still here.
1: And still love the replacements.
2: I still love the replacements. I still love the Twin <laughs> Cities. I think I made now, the right call.
1: Well, we're happy to have you, Doug Collins. Now, up, coming from Iowa, you must have had uh, some time to really enjoy the music of Iowa's greatest troubadour, if not one of America's greatest troubadours, Greg Brown.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm familiar, definitely familiar with his work. He was. He's based out of Iowa City, and when I and I lived in Iowa City for a time, and. He was he was traveling, we'll just say in different circles and I was like in the band thing and he was in kind of like the folk thing. But yeah. every time I would hear him, he's just he's amazing. I mean, he's Greg Brown. Yeah. You know, that's I mean that's all you could really say. It's just like and that first record of his, what is it, that Iowa Waltz one, or I don't know if it's his first one, but one of his early ones, It's just um it's just a great piece of work.
1: Well, you know, and I've I've had the pleasure of meeting Greg when he first started coming up here in the early 80s. And mm-hmm. uh, and actually, I think I sold him a pickup from one of my guitars, uh, a DiMarzio pickup, if I recall. But I've, you know, followed uh, Greg's career ever since, and he's got this, this beautiful cross between John Prine meets Van Morrison. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, well, that's cool. So now, when you got up to Minneapolis, where did you, when, and where did you start playing? Where did
2: I start playing? I'm trying to even think. You know, we would just do, you know, you do the new band night at 7th Street. You play at, you know, you play at the 400. You play at, um, I'm trying to even think. It's been so long. You know, you you play, you know, what was the, um, not the, Poodle, the, there was the Poodle Club, but there was also. Yeah, on uh, Lake oh, Street. Yep, exactly. And there was another one on Lake Street, and I could see the sign, but uh,
1: Fernando's—is that right? Uh, yes, I played both. I, I, think, I, lost. I mean, these are
2: just names that I'm remembering, and it's just like there was a place up here that was uh, on 26th, and almost by 26th and Nicollet, there was a. It was called Crosstown. It was a jazz club. It was open for a very short time. All I remember is we played a gig there, and the next day, that night it burned down. So just like. Uh. Memories, I, I guess. I re- but yeah, I remember, you know, the, usual, the usual places, and there were, like I said, there were so many more places back then. And I remember. I think it's so weird how live music used to be, because my I, my son is now thirty, almost thirty, and you know him and his friends, they don't, um, and that generation, as far as I know, I know it, there's still you know younger people coming up, and I, which is obviously amazing and great, but um, it doesn't seem to be. As much as the social thing as it was back in the day, it was more—it was I, as much a social thing as seeing the music, because you would go somewhere, as you then you would run into your friends.
1: I remember about twenty years ago, I was doing a gig uh, on the uh, Mississippi River at a club, played weekly there with my harmonica player Sonny Earl, and there was a couple of young guys, or maybe early twenties, and uh, we were just kind of walking around on the break, socializing. And these guys said to me, they, they said, "We don't really like live music, but we really like you guys." <laughs> and I go, well, "I t- think I can, I guess." I well, and then on, um, and then I go, "I think I could see the beginning of the end now." You
2: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is just different. I mean, the way that we get music and how we how we enjoy it is, you know, totally different now. I mean, back in the day, there was like. AM radio. I mean, you know, they had FM radio when I grew up, but I mean, when you're a kid, that's where the top 40 stations were, and that's what you wanted to listen to, and there was only like two options, you know, and now you can listen to anything you want, whenever you want, which is great, which is truly great, but it's also kind of, it's isolating, because I don't listen to new music near as much as I feel like I should, because I'm always like going down a wormhole with, you know, oh... Boy, these Ray Price records from the '60s sure sound great. I'm just going to listen to these for like two weeks. Yeah. Instead of being like open up and being like, what's what's new out there and how and it's how you know figuring out how to get exposed to that stuff.
1: Well, and the thing is too with a lot of the modern music, which throws me off. And uh, uh, you know, I'm just about to say, kids, get off my lawn. But uh, (laughs) but the thing is, this this Auto Tune. So every I voice pretty that. much sounds alike. Yeah, I, I, you know, the the great uh, uh, Minneapolis rock critic Chris Ryman Snyder, I, I think, uh, put it succinctly and well when he said, "It's like listening to people on helium." Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, this, I mean, uh, there was
2: there was some Netflix thing, and I can't remember the name of the series, but it was interesting. It had one of the episodes. It was about modern music, and one of the episodes was about. The history of Auto Tune, and it was very, very interesting to see like why people kind of went to that. And it was—it's mm-hmm. kind of like a—you know—I always thought of it kind of like a wah wah pedal. Like you wouldn't use it all the time,
1: right. you know.
2: You just use it as a, like a flavoring, you know, like parsley. And but re- anymore, that's a lot of people use that. I mean, I—I'm just old school. Like I love. A lot of the stuff out now is more is so much more producer driven, and mm-hmm. I prefer like I, yeah, I'm old school. Like you know, I like I like listening to bands. I like hearing yeah. musicianship.
1: So who and that's just me. You
2: know, I know there's good, there's always good stuff out there. Of course there is. There always is. But the stuff that's popular right now, you know, maybe it's not my thing. And also it's just like maybe I'm not the demographic, and that's
1: okay. Doug, what do uh, so? What do you let's say in the course of a week? What do you listen to besides Ray god. Price, who is a god? Who is a god?
2: Oh, he's amazing. It you know, it just really depends. I mean, you know, I think like everyone in America who watched um, that Get Back special, I went back uh, and listened to just the, uh, a bunch of Beatles. Pardon my language and. Um, you know, and then, you know, it's a lot of that kind of music, a lot of Beatles, a lot of 60s stuff, a lot of, like, classic country, like, going into 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, because I feel like that's kind of where songwriting was still, like, you know, the old thing, you know, tell a story, three chords and the truth kind of thing. And right. uh, and then, you know, earlier on today, I was listening to some Duke Ellington. So, you know, I try and listen to as much stuff, but, you know, I, my familiarity with say. Hip hop or modern pop music is very poor. I will just say that.
1: You know, watching that Get Back uh, documentary on the Beatles on Disney Plus, what yeah. really knocked me out. Okay, we're talking about attitude and all those things in the studio that you can use to sweeten the sound. If uh, that's if you hear my dog in the background. He's not being tortured. He's watching dogs walk in front of the house. Blue, calm down a little bit, okay? I'm on the radio here, dude. Um, so, uh, but they're the Beatles, you know, they're working on uh, the song Get Back. When they get ready to record it, they're all tuning their guitars by ear. I know, you isn't know, that crazy? They're, they're not even using, you know, I don't even know if there was. Well, there was, a, there was a version of a, a tuners back then, but they just all tuned up to each other, and boom, they played. And that's the song that we've been listening to for the last 50 years. Right. Oh, I know. That stuff about, especially
2: tunings, is just like crazy. Because I remember when I started out, we would um, we'd have an album that we knew one of the songs was in E!, And so we would start and we would just leave it and then lift up it and try and tune exactly to that note. There's a song by Neil Young called Don't Be Denied off, uh, Time Fades Away. I'm not a big fan of the song, but it was great because the first chord was this E that kind of low E that kind of rang out and we would just tune to that and then go from there. And now, of course, we, you know, we have, we have our, uh, our snarks and everything. So it's so much more easy, but back then it was just like, eh, we'll try that.
1: You know, it's funny, I got in a little Facebook to and fro with Eric Amble, a great producer and musician uh, from the East Coast, and we were talking about snark tuners that you just, for those of you that don't know, you just clip it on the end of your headstock and your guitar, and it uh, helps you tune up, and he would never use it. And I said, Eric, you're adding a foot pedal and two more chords to the operation here. I said I'm getting older. I just want to strip down and make it as easy as possible. Right, right. I'm a I I'm mean, a snark. Yeah,
2: I mean those snarks are like it's 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 a lifesaver. I mean it takes like two seconds now, you know, yeah. and you don't have to hear. And you you know it's it's also like having the foot pedal, you know, the tuning pedal, uh, you know, on where you don't have to have, you don't have to hear it. You don't have to do that thing of like do the harmonics from the E to the A, you know, so we can fine yeah. tune to those tones like that.
1: I wish I would have had one in the 70s when occasionally uh, we would take the stage under the influence of a psychedelic and uh, mm. where your guitar would turn into a rubber band. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was hard enough holding <laughs> it, much less tuning it. See, the the one thing, as long as we're talking tunings, the upside of this modern day now is YouTube, and we all go down those rabbit holes on YouTube. And last sure. night, I spent 45 minutes just googling David Crosby guitar tunings. Oh and, my uh, god! I was phenomenal. That? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I've got because that got
2: guy can do. I, you know, he does these weird like C sharp tunings, and he, it's yeah. like him and Joni Mitchell. Where it's just like, I love, love, love Joni Mitchell. I also have a huge love for the Cross as well. But they're, yeah. really, I mean, I can't, That they're one of those people, though, that I can't, you know, a lot of people that we love and respect, we try and figure out how they do it because that'll influence us and we're fans. And I can't, I can't touch any of their stuff. It's so yeah. different.
1: Well, I, I steal from everybody. So, <laughs> that what makes me different sure. than you, Doug Collins. Doug, you've got a show coming up. We're going to mention it again Friday, January 21st at 7 p.m., featuring uh, Doug Collins, the receptionist, St. Dominic's Trio, featuring the phenomenal Terry Walsh and the great Rich Madsen, uh, True yeah. Minnesota North Star, which is also the name of his band. We're going to listen to a song of yours called My Friends, Tell Us a Little Bit About It
2: that it's a very straightforward. I mean, I was saying before that sometimes you can't remember when you write a song, it just kind of comes to, you and then all of a sudden it's there. And this one was, I was on the road and I'd been going through some hard times and I was just very, very grateful for the people in my life. And I thought of the line, you know, let me tell you something about my friends. And I was just like, well, I can work with this. And, yeah. um, and it's just, it really, it's just, it's really a song of gratitude because, you know, it's it's more, you know, it has a lot to do with like, Jim Walsh would have the, uh, with Turo Hoot Nanny weekly, the Mad Ripple Hoot Nanny. Um, and I was going to that a lot, and it was so much about that. It was about the support from the audience. It was about the support from the musicians. It was just like, it was just celebrating the community, because I do feel that stuff is very special, and, you know, scenes like that don't last forever. And so it was just kind of like, um, marking that.
1: Well, and that is a great, I think, what one thing, I might be making a huge assumption, but I don't think I am when I say, the one thing the pandemic has taught us all, especially with all that time we spent in solitary, is the importance of friends. Yes. Yes. Doug Collins, yeah. I consider you a friend. Have a great gig. Say hi to all my buddies. Uh, have a, well, if, Paul, thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome, and Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you, too. You take care. Yeah, you too, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Can
0: I tell you something about my friends? Can I tell you something about my friends? Pick me up when I wanted to give in. Can I tell you something about my friends?
1: Welcome back to the last set on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzah. One of the things I love to do on my radio show is introduce new musicians, writers, and cool people to my audience out there in Wall of Power Radio Hour land. I have a guy that's so new, I'm meeting him for the first time. My guest right now is Matthew French. Matthew, welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour.
3: Thanks so much for having me, Paul.
1: Now, Matthew, when did uh, you start getting into writing songs and playing music? It was within the last ten years or so, correct?
3: Well, you know, I I have been playing music since I was about sixteen, um, so and I'm forty three now. So, but a lot of the music prior to the last uh, six or eight years was. Doing music in churches and things like that, but really started writing songs back in 2014.
1: Okay. So, are are you still a, a practicing pastor?
3: Uh, I am not currently. No, uh, don't have any plans to con- continue it, but but certainly, uh, uh, music is my is my pastoring at this point.
1: It's a great way to uh, to talk to the people. Now, you've got a live stream coming up, Matthew French. When is that, and how can people access it?
3: Yes, uh, coming up along with the release of the first side of the album on January 28th. I'll be doing a live stream at 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, that's on my YouTube page. So if you just go over to YouTube and search for Matthew French, you should find my channel pretty easily.
1: Tell us about the new record, Matthew.
3: Yeah, so the new record is called Two Sides, and uh, I am appropriately uh, releasing it as separate sides. So each side has five songs on it. Um, with the first five coming out, like I said, on January twenty eighth, um, really kind of you know covers the the recording process sort of spanned. It started right when the pand- pandemic began, and uh, lots of the other craziness in the world so it covers a lot of those topics and um, you know just kind of my own thought process of of wading through the waters of life and hopefully um, you know I really feel like it's uh, an experience that a lot of people have had so hopefully we can uh, feel some togetherness in it.
1: What uh, Who would you consider to be your musical influences?
3: You know, I really love, I really love the Eagles quite a bit. So, uh, I've gotten in the past that I sound like Don Henley for a certain reason, and I'm completely happy with that. I love the Eagles. Um, but, uh, more recent artists, I love, uh, a guy named David Ramirez. He's out of Austin, Texas. Um, and really just inspired by, I'm inspired by a lot of our local talent here. You know, just being able to be friends with folks in the community here. Um, I think that's what inspires me to write most, is the, is the people of the Twin Cities.
1: Tell us, uh, uh, drop a few names about your local influence and friends.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple of folks that appear on the album, uh, Sarah Morris and Annie Fitzgerald. Um, they've contributed some vocals to the album album. Um, I've got Aaron Fabrini, he's on the album and he plays with, uh, Romantica, John Mark Nelson, Vicky Emerson. Of course, Vicky's a good friend as well. Um, Dan Israel is a, is a wonderful songwriter from the Twin Cities. Just oh, to- we love Dan. Yeah. Too much talent to list, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing, when I was reading your, uh, press kit, you're also a Gibson guitar guy. Yes. Let's talk about it, because I'm uh, I'm currently living in Duluth, Minnesota, and I grew up on the Iron Range 60 miles north of a town called Virginia. We used to come down to the Duluth Home and Boat Show every year, and I remember one year in particular, we saw a great show by a comedian by the name of George Goebel, who was a longtime Gibson guitar guy. In fact, there's the, the George Goebel model. So tell us about... Your love, and when you got into Gibson guitars, I've had several Gibsons over the years myself. Love the Gibson guitar.
3: Yeah. I, you know, I, I've been a, a longtime guitar buyer and seller. Um, and I've gone through all of the different brands, but probably really since I started songwriting back in 2014, really landed in the Gibson space and I've i probably owned so many between twenty fourteen and now that I couldn't list them all. But I remember key characteristics about all of them. I've owned, you know, ones that just came off the shelf, brand new. Um, I've owned guitars from back as early as nineteen forty seven, I think, was probably the oldest wow. that I owned. Yeah, and just kind of what I really love about a about a Gibson Old Gibson, especially, is just to think about the history of who may have played it, what song may have been written on it, and what stories can I continue to tell using that instrument.
1: Because, as you know, as a songwriter, there's songs in every guitar you buy, especially Absolutely. a vintage guitar. Once I, uh, I'm happy, uh, and have been a 40 year owner of a 1955. D28 Martin that I purchased from a from a pastor who only played it on Sunday
3: yes I love
1: that like the like the classic and supposedly it was sold by Charlie Pride when he was doing the gig up on the Iron Range and needed some money but boy I've written a lot of songs with that Every time I record, I record with that guitar. What guitar did you use to record your new record, Two Sides?
3: I, I have to laugh because I was looking back at pictures of the recording process, and I was like, oh, I had that guitar when we started recording this, and I sold it. And there were many. Uh, so my friend and producer, Chris Chris First, um, he's got several guitars in his studio, and I would bring my collection in. Um, Along with his collection that he had on hand, Um, I used a, there's a 57 J45 on some of the tracks. There's a 60 uh, Country Western on there, a uh, 56 J50, and those are the ones that, and and more recently, like a, a newer J45 as well. So those are the ones that I remember, but... I'd probably have to sit down to make a list.
1: I went into the Podium Guitar Store when they were still located. Well, they were in their second location in Dinkytown. And there was this brand new, this is about 10 years ago, brand new J45 with that beautiful Gibson Brown Sunburst. And I was playing it, and it played like a million bucks, and it sounded like a million bucks, and it looked like a million bucks. And I said, well... He let me play it for about 20 minutes. He came over and he thought he had a sale. And he said, are you interested? And I said, well, how much is it? He goes, $4,500. And I said, dude, I said, I have one rule of thumb in Paul Metz's life. And that is, I never purchase or play a guitar that's worth more than the car that I drive. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Although my, my mark my Mar- Mar- would, be, would be an exception to that rule. I know you've got to run here soon. Matthew French. So tell us, uh, are you looking forward to playing out at some point uh, behind this new record, Two Sides?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, I feel like last summer, you know, when when things were kind of opening up a little bit more, I was busier than ever during the summer months. And then, of course, you know, as the winter winter set in. And of course, now um, folks are being a little bit more careful. And uh, but I really look forward to to playing these songs it's been a been a while since i've been able to get a full band out so uh, i look forward to getting out in front of people and really you know that's the that's the, the best thing about music is connecting with people so uh, i look forward to doing that face to face
1: and make sure you check out our guest matthew french's live stream on 128 eight six thirty. just go to matthew french on youtube his youtube page I've got to ask you one more question before I let you go, Matthew. What's the one guitar that got away?
3: Oh, wow! I I probably have several of them, but I I think it is that 1957 J45 that I had. Um, there's something there's something about the 50s Gibsons that really speak to me. I think it's the shape of the neck. You know this as a guitar player. There's certain you can, uh, you can feel something different about the guitar, like it fits you in a perfect way. And that one did for me. And I probably mm-hmm. just on a whim said, oh, I want to try something else. So that's the one that got away.
1: Well, we all make mistakes. I have an <laughs> ES-330 that I had that played like a million bucks, and I needed some money to make a move, and I traded it in for $200. It was the finest rhythm electric guitar I ever played. So I feel your pain, dude. Matthew <laughs> French, thank you so much for spending time. I look forward to meeting you in person soon.
3: Me too. Thanks so much, Paul.
1: Alright, we're going to listen to Matthew French's tune someday on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Some days you get that feeling Some
0: days can feel So numb Take off your hat And wonder Where the rabbit's gone Some days It's all right there
1: Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza and engineered by Patrick Lilia. We'd like to thank our guests, Doug Collins and Matthew French. Follow me at paulmetza.com. My book, Alphabet Jazz, with 15 free musical downloads, if you purchase the book, will be coming out probably, if not by the end of February, the beginning of March. I think you'll enjoy alphabet jazz, poetry prose, songs, and stories. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, to be kind and make someone happy.